Hey guys, welcome to the Hey Dad, Can You Talk podcast. My name is Bailey Garner. I'm the host. And each week we call my dad, Toby Slough, and we just talk about common struggles that we all have in our day-to-day life. And he gives some awesome wisdom. So we want to invite you to peek in on our conversation so that you can glean from his wisdom as well. So let's call my dad. Hello, Bailey, Diane Garner. How are you? Hi, Father. I am doing good. I'm glad to see you. It's good to see you. I haven't seen your face in a few days. I know. You've been a world traveler. Man, no fun on those airplanes these days. Yeah. Well, at least there's no masks. So, you know, you got the option of that. But I, uh, we actually haven't got to do a podcast since you and I traveled together. And that was just such a great experience, wasn't it? It was an experience for sure. Dad and I went to a few conferences uh, recently, along with our friend Jen. And we all worked together for Gobi Ministries. And (laughs) it was our first work trip without mom being in the middle. And it was really fun. It was a great trip because it was two two against one. So yeah, if this, phone call, if this phone call wasn't so short, I would tell lots of stories. Do you have one you want to share that might make people laugh? Uh, my daughter. Which is me. The, the flesh of my flesh and the bone of my bones is maybe <laughs> the most inefficient person I've ever met in my life. She will take three trips to do what most people will take one. And uh, that makes me laugh. Um, I mean, in the mornings, I got to go get my coffee before I get ready. I don't know, but I'm pretty sure a lot of people can relate to needing their coffee first thing before they start their day. So if that's worth, that's worth to me taking a few elevator trips, just saying. Yes, uh, I understand. Moving right along. I'm not, I, you're, you're not, not going to go there? To this. No, no, not today. <laughs> Dang. I mean, you haven't seen me in a while, so I figured you're going to be on top of your game of wanting to give me a hard time since that's your love language when it comes to me. I'm not going to tell everybody about me ringing the doorbell at your room, <laughs> the hearing impaired room that had a flashing light and the doorbell and you believing it was a smoke alarm for 10 minutes. I'm not going to tell that story. <laughs> Oh, I have a lot of other things I could say, but moving on. Um, This is our second episode of Mental Health Awareness Month in May. And so I, as I usually do, I have a story to share with you. Um, And like most people, we've said this before, but none of this is like really planned. This is just our normal conversation and and real things that are happening in our lives. And it's just really cool that um, we're able to share it with lots of people because Mm -hmm. a lot of it's normal stuff that, but just maybe people don't feel comfortable talking about it, you know, with others, or it's not something that's being talked about on social media. Thankfully, mental health is becoming more talked about, but there's still aspects of it that I think people can feel ashamed of and don't have anyone to talk to. And so, um, that's why we're here today. And so I have a story for you, dad, and it's really interesting. Cause I want to know if you can remember me doing this. And, um, when I was younger and we are going to talk about 
different ages today. So because I'm starting out with a story about Gideon, my six-year-old, I don't want y'all to think we're not going to talk about how this relates to us as adults too. But recently at night, Gideon will get very, very worked up um, um, and be crying about his fear of me and Grant dying. Um, And to the point he's just sobbing and, you know, inconsolable. And it really brings me back. I can remember doing that as a child and I can remember laying in my room crying, being so like working up all these scenarios in my head of, of if you and mom were to die and how I wouldn't survive. And so this has been happening with Gideon. And I wanted to ask you, what's the best way to handle an irrational fear like that? And obviously it's not irrational because it can happen, but it's, it is definitely a fear that can take over your mind and then can take you to dark places. And I, so I wanted to see your two cents on what should I say to him? Because it is something that can happen, but I also want to comfort him, you know, in speaking truth over him when it comes to that. Yeah. Well, first I would say, yes, I do remember <laughs> this being something for you. Uh, and I remember our conversations about it from time to time. Um uh, before we say exactly what, you know, get into specifics or practicalities of you mm-hmm. talking to Gideon, let me just say this. It doesn't matter if it's a child or if it's a grade schools or it's a, a high school student or an adult. I mean, it, it, the pattern is the same, right? It's you begin to play the what if game. Mm-hmm. And uh, it almost always happens in isolation, right? So mm-hmm. this happens when you're laying in bed at night or when you're by yourself, well, your isolation will always trigger your imagination, Mm. right? And so you imagine something happening. And if you, if you're in isolation and you are and you're, you just continue to let your imagination go, what will end up happening is you'll kind of, there's resignation, I call it, Isolation, imagination, resignation. And what I mean by resignation is you will determine, you will move from, well, what if this happens to this is going to happen? Mm-hmm. Happened to me as a little boy. Uh, mom and dad were talking about a friend that had drowned at the beach. Mm-hmm. I've talked, you've heard me talk about this before. And as I lay in bed thinking about what if that happened to me, I found myself 15 minutes later crying, believing it was going to happen to me. Very irrational, but very real to me. Right. And so, mm-hmm. You know, the first thing, again, for any age in when you begin to play this what if game is you have to break out of the isolation. So the fact that Gideon is talking to you about it, you know, the first thing I think so many times with our kids, especially we're so prescriptive. Mm-hmm. We we want to have the, the, you know, here's the steps. Here's how you don't think about that, that we forget that first thing we need to do is just like identify with that pain. You know, with Gideon, it needs to be, or if Gideon was six or 16, man, I understand you feeling that way. I remember when I was a little girl and even if you, you know, as an adult with another friend, man, there's been times that I've gotten locked in to the what if game about something happening Mm -hmm. and you, you, you begin to replace that truth with 
the truth of God, right? Because that voice that leads you to this is going to happen is not God's voice. And so instead of saying, well, Gideon, that's never going to happen, which you cannot promise. Right. You make you make it promise a five year old, but you can't promise a 15 year old. Mm-mm. What you say is, I understand I've been there before. And let me tell you what happens when I worry about something that hasn't happened yet. And the fact of the matter is, Gideon. Micah Thomas, Bailey, Slough excuse me, Bailey Garner, the fact of the matter is God cares, God is with you, and God is going to see you through whatever worst-case scenario you can come up with in your head. And so for a young child, it's beginning to give them something else. You know, again, I go back to the 40 I am, say, here's a statement. Here's something we can lock in on because telling somebody to not think about something is like telling is like going on a diet and saying I'm not going to eat chocolate cake, mm-hmm. right? The, yeah. If you're going to try to eat healthy, it, it you replace it with something else. You don't just move away from it. Mm-hmm. And it's the same yeah. thing. So you've got to replace that with Gideon. I love you. Daddy loves you, uh, and God loves you. And 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 here's a st- you know let's let's start saying this together whenever we start thinking about things that haven't happened yet because if not we're going to be unhappy and we're going to have all the joy sucked out of our lives mm-hmm. you know think about it bailey the last two years like kids have worn masks they've been told constantly what could happen if they didn't wash their hands what might happen if they got covid uh they have lived in a what if world that's why mm-hmm. you know i'm so sad about some kids who not not I'm not getting into the mask thing, but they're kids mm-hmm. who still wear them because they're scared it might happen. Right. Not not as a way that my family's made a choice as how we're going right. to protect ourselves. It's all based out of fear. That fear. We've lived in that world, mm-hmm. and so we're going to have to work really hard to replace those that uncertainty with mm-hmm. the certainty of what God says. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if, if not, if we, if we just keep doing that, well, that that's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we're going to fight this at levels, you know, that we've never seen before, mm-hmm. which yeah. goes back to as a parent, as a friend, as a wife, as a husband, wherever you are, if you're not developing these unforced rhythms of grace that we talk about, if you're not constantly going back to a place where your soul is connected with who God is and who he says you are, uh, like the warning light on your dashboard of your car, you know, it used to be a red warning light. Now it's all computerized, but the computer is going to spit out at, at mm-hmm. some level that, Hey, you're in, in danger of a breakdown. Yeah. So some things you would say, that we shouldn't say to someone who's having an irrational fear or to them, like you said, it's very rational, but would be, don't think about it. Just don't think about it. Or that's not going to happen. Or let's not talk about that. You know, are there some other things that you've seen or witnessed that would not be a good thing to say? Yeah. I would say that anything you would say to cut them off, 
from that conversation. Like if the adults were, were terrible about, you know, especially men, men like to go, well, you think that's bad? Look at me. And so guys get together and go, you know, well, this happened at work. And before the guy can even finish, the other guy goes, yeah, I know, man. I mean, I had something worse than that happen. Yeah. And so like things to not do is to not cut them off. Mm -hmm. It is to identify with them, but not make it about you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Those are the kind of things you want to avoid. Those kind of phrases are the phrases you want to avoid. You want to lead with, I understand. Mm -hmm. I've been there before. Mm -hmm. And many times it is to relate what that thinking did to you. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, here's what I've learned. Here's what I'm finding. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's how I'll, you know, here's how I can help. Like a friend, the best thing a friend can do, a mate can do is just remind lovingly, <laughs> remind their friend of what's true, mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. you can hang your hat on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's good. So I was talking with, um, Michelle, who is your daughter-in-law, my one of my best friends in our, in Rossett, which is your son's wife. Okay. So now we explained it. And we were talking a lot about this because this is something that she's struggled with too. And I, she put these words to it, um, that as adults, we can have intrusive thoughts and which I've never heard it said that way. But when a thought just pops up into your mind, like you kind of talked about at night when you're isolated or, um, you know, you've got a red signal, you're, you're not, you haven't been connected to the word or to truth. And so, um, when we, as adults, when we have, because I think that it's easy to talk about how other people can struggle with, you know, and especially kids can struggle with Mm -hmm. irrational fears, you know, because like the dark or something like that. But when you become an adult and you start having thoughts that are, um, intrusive that, you know, like for me, Grant goes on a run and he's not back in, you've probably, I think you've witnessed this. He's not back in the time he said he's going to be back. So then my mind goes to all the things that are wrong and why he's not home and what I'm at, how the hospital, you know, the, the police showing up at my door or calling me um, like to the worst case scenario. And so when, when we have, when, how can we, is there a way that you suggest, and I don't know, this could be just something we discuss, but to, is there a way to avoid those thoughts? Is there something that we, obviously when we have them, we can talk, we can replace them with truth, but I would love to never have, (laughs) never go there with my mind or is that just something that's our nature, you know? Uh, that's a great question, B. I think, Look, man, I'm 58, staring down mm-hmm. 59. I'm I'm just so uh, centered in that it is damaging to my psyche to tell myself I shouldn't feel a way I feel or yeah. to set the bar at never having, you know, intrusive thoughts or never having some kind of mental health battle. To me, it's just, I just meet so many people who I know I shouldn't feel this way, mm-hmm. which to me is just, it's non-productive. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want to center on what can I replace that with? What can I do when I find myself there? Mm-hmm. And 
you know, I remember the first time you called me when you lived there in Mississippi before uh, I had a place there and you were struggling. And when we found you a counselor to go see and just saying to someone else mm-hmm. what you're thinking, mm-hmm. th- there's a there's a release of that that gets you out of that cycle. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because I think men struggle with this so much. And, and wives, if you're, you know, listen closely here, I think you're like, why, why won't my husband deal with whatever? Yeah. It's because the most vulnerable place you can be is to say out loud something irrational that you're feeling that you know is not true. Yeah, for right? sure. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's vulnerable. It's embarrassing. It Mm-hmm. But just you finally calling and saying, here's where my mind is going and I can't stop it. By the end of that conversation, not anything I did, but the fact that you said it out loud. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the Bible says that when we confess things to one another, James talks about your sin, missing the mark. Mm-hmm. I'm not, you're, that kind of thought's not a sin, but it definitely misses the mark, right? It's definitely mm-hmm. that when you say it to somebody else, that you are opening yourself up to God's healing. And I just think the hardest thing on the planet is to say something out loud. And yeah. most of the time, when you say it, it loses its power. True. Yeah, that's true. And I know, and I know what you're. I know what some people are thinking. Well, I did that, and then I got burned. Mm-hmm. They laughed at me or, well, man, the only way the enemy wins in your life is when you quit doing what you know is a healthy thing to do because of the inadequate response of somebody else. If I go to a doctor because I've got some kind of condition mm-hmm. and he does something that does not work, I'm not going to just believe it. I'm going to have it forever. I'm going to go find another doctor and get another mm-hmm. opinion. Mm-hmm. And so my, my encouragement is like, even people who are listening to this, man, tell somebody mm-hmm. as embarrassing as it may feel, as vulnerable, as naked as you may feel in that moment. Uh, it's better than, than just like fighting against yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think there is a release that comes just in being honest about it. Yeah. What if people listening don't have a safe person that they feel comfortable talking to, admitting, and they also have no idea where to start with finding a counselor or therapy, you know, beginning therapy? Where would you point them to to start with? I would I would point them to a pastor. Mm-hmm. I would point them to some local church, uh, whether they go to it or not. Mm-hmm. You know, almost every church has pastors on call that will sit down with you and just sit down and say, here's here's a battle I'm having. Here's some things I'm thinking that I know are not true, but I can't stop thinking about them or they're far out of the realm of possibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And begin to have that conversation with them. Mm-hmm. And what about um, if someone's not a part of a local church and feels you know, they, they feel uncomfortable, don't even know how to schedule an appointment with a pastor. Um, is there some place online you recommend that they can connect to, to set up something with talking to, um, a counselor or, or somebody that you 
trust? Well, I mean, it, part of it is the reason that in Gobi, we have a place where you can schedule some time just to, just to have a chat. Right. And, uh, so obviously that's the first place I would say is come to, you know, be a Gobi.com and you'll see where there's a place where you can schedule a, a, a time to have a look, a quick conversation with somebody. I've got access to about a hundred lay counselors, which is a church word for, you know, people who have been trained to listen and to give wise, godly advice, but they don't have letters after their name. And we, we can connect you with someone uh, that can have a conversation with you about what you're feeling and, and can, and can begin to guide you toward truth. Yeah, that's good. And if you do, you can also email me Bailey at beagobi.com. I can get you set up if you can't find it on the site, but our site has also lots of something I just thought of tons of great things to download as well. Like you mentioned the 40 IMs and we've talked about that almost on every single podcast, probably because it's such a great resource. Can you explain if someone's brand new listening, what it, what are the 40 IMs and how are they, how are they helpful? Well, yeah, just briefly, if you're new, the 40 IMs are 40 statements from the Bible about who God says that you are. And it's been the most powerful, simple tool in my life that began, I don't know, almost 15 years ago with a, an older friend that I called from out of town just to say I'm struggling because I, I, I know what happens in isolation. And he asked me to download them and write them out by hand. And I did and began to say them out loud, usually the ones I didn't feel to be true. People say, well, well that's hypocritical. No, it's called faith. Faith is speaking something that you don't feel is true. And so we've we've distributed these hundreds of thousands, at least tens of thousands, I know, to, pe- to people. And they're just statements that you, again, it's a place to focus your thoughts. I would encourage you to pick one that's hard for you. Say it out loud. Look in the mirror. You'll feel goofy doing it the first time. But it's amazing what happens when you do. Mm-hmm. That's what I love, honestly, my, I was with a, a big group at, talking about Toby the Gobi, this our book for kids. And I said, if you were to ask me what was the most exciting part of that book, it was the children's version of those 40 I Am's yep. because you can have them repeat after you. They can color a picture about it, whatever, however your kid is wired. I have a granddaughter who would color a picture. I have grandsons who would repeat after mama or daddy in that thing. Whatever however works for them, they work. That, that I think they're helpful for kids. I think they're helpful for students, uh, teenagers. And we've even found college students that have been really drawn to those more kind of kid-friendly statements than the original adult version, whichever one it is. It's just a yeah. tool that helps. Yeah, that's good. Um, speaking of like teenagers, college age age kids. I was trying to think about back to when I was that age, since I don't have kids that age yet. And what were some irrational fear things that scared me, you know, that could have really gotten me in a, in a darker place or whatever. And I was in, Michelle and I were talking about that and we were, and, and we were talking about how 
um, people that are graduating and going to college, how that can be super scary. And, and most people are excited, but there are some young adults who it's real, are really scared of change and really nervous to be out on their own and to have responsibility. And we were talking about when they be get, get their license and they're able to drive, how it's like society tells you that that's an exciting thing and you have all this freedom, but some kids can feel very nervous and unsure about it. Um, and then, you know, just going, like if they're having to, you know, their parents are having them get a job and these were things I hadn't thought about, but, um, really can affect, affect young adults. Um, if you're leaving college and having to go out into the real world, real world, but I feel like kids that are, they're not kids, but young adults that age, they don't always have the language to know that's what's bothering them, you know? Mm -hmm. And so if someone's listening that has a, that is this age or that has a child this age or whatever, what were some, what are some signs like that you have seen in your years of pastoring people and being a parent that maybe your young adult is struggling and how can you kind of begin that conversation with them to, to understand if they're feeling some of those things inside of them? Yeah. If they're, I would use the word hesitancy or if, if they seem hesitant about mm -hmm. something that you naturally, maybe you were excited about. I was excited mm -hmm. about getting my driver's license. And if you're hesitant, if you're putting off going to the, down to the, your local licensing place, if you were excited about, I was excited about college, but if you were like, you were really putting off to the last minute, not like you putting off the last minute packing, like you always do be, but yeah. just putting off, getting stuff in. I think that's time for a conversation and the conversation it's, I would call it a leading conversation with mm -hmm. your young adult, which mm -hmm. is how are you feeling about this? Really? Mm -hmm. uh, what scares you about this? What are you excited about this? Mm -hmm. You know, start with the excited, come to the, what scares you. Mm -hmm. And again, uh, you can begin to have that conversation. And I think instead of saying, well, it's going to be, it's all going to work out. You know, that was my dad's deal. It's going to work out. Dope. Okay, great. <laughs> Sometimes if they're verbal enough, what you want to do is take them to the worst case scenarios. They say, well, I'm, I'm, I don't want to, I'm scared about going to college because I'm scared that I can't, I won't, uh, I'll, I'll flunk out. It will be too hard for me. Okay. Well, let's talk about that. Worst case scenario, you make terrible grades. You worked as hard as you could. Well, then you're going to come back and we're going to, you know, and you show them that whatever they believe is worst case scenario that you are going to be there for them. That exactly. together we're going to figure this out. Mm -hmm. That that there's no deal breakers with you. Mm -hmm. That's the thing I tell parents of young adults all the time. I grew up believing that there were some deal breakers. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that mom or dad communicated that, but they definitely did not communicate. There are no deal breakers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when you don't, then you set up those worst case scenario possibilities. So it's a mm -hmm. great opportunity as a parent to say what I think the heart of a father or mother that I see in the Bible is, which is, man, there's no deal breakers here. I'm always going to love you. I'm always going to be here for you. Yeah. And what an opportunity, because I do think as a young adult, I remember like some of the worst fears was disappointing you guys. And so right. to get to have those conversations and hear you say it's, there aren't deal breakers. Um, that's man, that, that would be so good for, 
is so good for a young adult to hear. So I love that. Um, I love and Here's this. the fact of the matter, baby. You could disappoint us, mm-hmm. but I'd never stop loving you. Right. You're never going to stop being my dog. I'm going to be disappointed. Grant's going to disappoint you. Mm-hmm. Gideon's going to disappoint you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to disappoint you. It doesn't change how we feel about one another. It's mm-hmm. called, you're going to be human. And if, if you're trying to not be human, that's a surefire way to move into depression or anxiety. Yeah, true. Yeah. And I want to say this because I've watched my friends a lot. I mean, I've gone through this and watched friends who like, it's okay to take your kid to counselor or to therapy. Like it's okay to, I mean, I think about, I got to watch you walk through your anxiety and you made going, getting help normal to me. And so that wasn't, although it was scary the day I called you and I knew I wasn't in a good place and you helped me find a counselor. I knew you would do that. Like, because I've watched you, but there's a lot of families who might like the adult might feel nervous about that. So therefore the kid or the kid, you know, the child hasn't seen that, or you grew up not watching that from your parents. And like, you know, I have a friend who has a kid Gideon's age who struggles with anxiety and they took him to get some help from, you know, a licensed therapist. And like, to me, that's like one of the that's a brave thing that you can do because as a parent, it's really scary to admit that maybe your kid is struggling because you could blame it on yourself. And so like, I think what a great thing for after you've, you know, you've given your children, whether they're young or teenagers or adult children, the tools, but also to like stand there with them and go with them to get some extra help. Like, I don't know. I think that I really, that's something I really admire about you. And that I want people to know that that's okay. It doesn't mean that you failed as a parent. So sorry. That's yeah. I think the big lie is my child, like they're going to think less of me. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is your child is going to feel closer to you and going to sense strengthen you because you were willing to what I call raise your hand and say, I need some help. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good, B. Good stuff. Good. Uh, well, I'm excited to keep going on these conversations and I, we've, we've shared on social media. If you don't follow us that you can always send us, like if there's situations that you're going through that you don't know, you know, you want to talk about surrounding mental health then we would love to have those conversations, you know? Um, so make sure that you check out our show notes because we'll put links to all the stuff that we've talked about. But um, I'm, I'm excited that we're having these conversations because I know they're really important. So, and I feel we both feel super, super passionate about them. So anyways, well, what's one thing you want everybody to walk away remembering today? I'll give you two. Okay. The, number one is you need to sign up for a newsletter if you have it. Subscribe yes. because we'll put just give you some regular some regular communication of just some resources. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone won't be like the greatest thing ever for you, and mm-hmm. there may be one you go. I don't know about that, but I promise you, you'll get something that will help you and mm-hmm. uh, that will come into your inbox. The second thing I would say is this: is you'll never find healing in hiding ever. Mm, yep. That that uh, that you're the very thing that you are that have the most fear of uh, usually is the very thing you need to speak about because when you speak about it, you begin to break its power. True. And so, tell somebody 
about your ira- very irrational fear that seems very real to you and watch it. Watch what happens. You, it'll begin to lose its power. Amen. And think about, I think I can have fears and not realize they're in my head because I've never said them. I've never like accepted it. You know, they, we keep them in our head and we don't realize that we've never said it out loud. So what a good time to evaluate if there you are having those, you know, that's a whole so, nother podcast. That's a true. whole nother conversation about <laughs> how you begin to realize what it, what's driving you mm-hmm. in some areas of your life. We can talk about that soon. <laughs> well, it's good to see you today. Blue's your color. I think I've told you that uh, before, but it looks good on you. Thank you, baby. Now, You're when welcome. we get down here, I need you to go check on my garden. Over there. <laughs> okay, go I will. Over there. I, <laughs> I, I need you to check on it because... The last time I was gone a few days, it became a wheat patch. And I, are, I, that's why I bought a hoe. There's a hoe over there on the back porch. I mean, get you some sun and some exercise. True. Okay, I'll do that. And and there are some some uh, little okras growing and squash. So Come too bad on. you're not here. I'm going to get to have that harvest. So thank, yes, thank you. Yes, you will. <laughs> All right, we'll talk next week. Love you. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. Gosh, it's just so good for me um, to have these conversations with dad because it really helps me to think about what are some irrational fears that I'm having and and am I replacing those with truth? Am I focusing on things that I know to be true or am I letting myself, you know, is my warning light on my dashboard going off? And so I hope that that this episode was that for you too. Um, I hope you'll share it with somebody if you know somebody that might struggle with the same same thing and we are talking after we recorded about how just important this is to talk about because so many people are just too scared to admit and I hope this gives you a nudge to admit that you're struggling um, to admit your fears to somebody that you know and love that can um, replace those thoughts with truth and that can just make you feel like you're not alone. So if anything, after listening today, I hope you know that you're not alone. And we want to be here to support you, our team at Gobi Ministry. So make sure you do go to our website, be a Gobi, G-O-B-Y, beagobi.com and sign up for our newsletter. Like dad said, check out the resources that we have. And then if you do want to set up a time to talk to dad, um, he would love to do that. And so um, you can email me, Bailey at beagobi.com. There's also um, a few places on our website that you can submit your information. And we would love to get you connected to what we're doing with Gobi Ministries and to um, a professional as well, if that's what you need. But honestly, the first step is just reaching out and talking to somebody. So we, we're just so honored to do this every week. I hope you tune in to our next couple conversations. And if you didn't listen to last week's episode about mental health, it was really good and important as well. So take a listen. Um, We're just so grateful for you. We love y'all. We're here for you guys and we'll talk soon.